Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. All right, we're live. Uh, Cage, we are uh... live. Go it's ahead, kick time. us off. It's been a while. It's time. Kick us off. Well, we give you guys some time to jump in here. You know, we're doing a YouTube live, which is fun. But obviously, this will be an episode called Your Cage. It is my favorite because I get to interact with you guys. Can't get every single one of you on the show. But we will do a good job of naming you and answering your questions for you. So lots of fun stuff going on, man. Lots of fun stuff. We got, you know, Game 7 winding down here. Uh, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather fight tonight. You know, we got the, the second round of the playoff set, a hardened injury in the Nets series. I mean, just fun stuff going on. You know, Tatis is on pace for like a 100-100 season. Um, you know, and we just got like all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. So, I, I, this is, How, how's your energy? You look a little bit red. You look like you laid out in the sun today. I'll go a little, go a little sun, go a little sun. Um, no, I mean it's uh, it's good, man. Cover with cage. This is this is instant energy. Instant energy. Instant my energy. Favorite, easily my favorite episode we do. Easily. All right. Well, guys. So um, when we started the podcast, Cage and I, you know. He always called me like this visionary. He said, you dream so much, you know, you're in the clouds. Maybe it's time to come down. I don't uh, know if I made us the word visionary. Formal... Definitely never use the word you're visionary. You're right. You, you yeah. said I'm in the clouds a lot. That's yes, better. I did. You're right. Yes. I apologize. I take Not in back. a good way. Visionary sounds like I'm putting you up there with Steve Jobs. You're more like, you know, I don't know, like something. <laughs> something. <laughs> but, but you're right. I, he didn't use the word visionary. I apologize. <laughs> he said my head's always in the clouds. That's true. But I'll tell you, if, if Cage had a dream, Cage's dream is to do this podcast daily, be paid by the podcast, and get to raise his beautiful kids, Leah and Ian. So this is Ian's birthday weekend. And on yeah. behalf of all of us uh, at Luca Nation, we love you, Cage. We love your family. We love Ian. So we have to wish Ian a happy eighth birthday. So tomorrow, oh, yeah. guys, tomorrow, June 7th, uh, Ian's going to be eight years old. And all I ask for you guys, sh- show Cage a little love. Uh, he shows up every day. He's kind of living his dream now. Uh, and he has a, a new kind of best friend, virtual best friend in me. So life is. Uh, but if you guys could shoot him a DM, you know, say happy birthday. Um, we love you guys. We have a ton yeah, listen, of questions. He's on Instagram. Ian's card coloring, like colors, cards and stuff. Give him a follow. That would be a cool birthday present. He's got like. He changes his username. But that's depending the one. on I the have week. To ask. As I just yelled, which one? Ian, it's Ian's card review and Ian's card coloring. So Ian's card coloring. That's what he. That's what he's. That's what he's checking this week. Send him a happy birthday. He'll be thrilled. Give him a follow. That's right. even better. A good birthday present from Cage. That'll be awesome. Guys, we have we have so much to talk about. I have a confession. I apologize. I felt so bad today. So when I saw the news of Julio Jones potentially going to the Titans, you remember the last week? I think it was last Sunday. We did an episode, and I was talking about three quarterbacks. And I mentioned Ryan Tannehill, but I took him all. I crossed him off the list. I crossed him off the buy list. Uh, his cards are flying through the roof. His cards are going through the roof, both on Starstock and on eBay. So I hope you guys were able to sell into strength, as we say. Listen, Tannehill, he averages like 133 yards a game. And 
you know, the one, maybe two games that Julio Jones will be healthy for to line up with Tannehill. will average, bump that average up to like 136 or 137. So, uh, so yeah. you're, you're not a believer. You're not a believer in this trade. I think it's worth whatever. The, I mean, the rumors of the trade are like a seven, second and a fifth round pick or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a believer in that. Um, I think there's very low risk. He's not, he, you know, he's, he's, he's locked up, I think, for three years. Um, he's not making killer money. He's making enough money. Um, you know, it makes sense, obviously, for both sides. Jones is forcing his way out of there. I imagine his the team's front office did whatever they needed to do to get max value. I'm surprised, uh, you know, some teams didn't offer up more than this. I mean, basically, you know, two, two, two-thirds of the teams in the league, if not more, are, um, you know, need a player like that. So... Your Raiders I, certainly do. Well, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to see the Raiders. I mean, you know, and I would have had them give up a first-rounder because the Raiders waste their first-round pick on a second-round talent every year anyway. So what difference does it make? <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, let's get let's get into the show. So we just answered cards to the max question. We have 20 questions, probably 25, 30 if, if some of the people from the live chat meant. So it's going to be a busy night for you. How's uh, – I know tomorrow's way in Monday. You want to you wanna give people a preview? You had a no good way, week? man. I had a, had a party yesterday. I had okay. Burger King. Check this out right here. This is this is not exactly diet friendly, and I'm, I'm <laughs> slamming those. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what it is tomorrow. Hopefully, we didn't go up. You know, for five weeks, we've gone down. We're down like 23 pounds in five weeks. Let's hope we don't go up. You know, that would be good. Right. Drake's PC, guys, I didn't have a chance to write all the questions, so they're not all going to be featured here. I was watching the Mavs game. Uh Luca went off in the first. Kawhi went off in the second. Drake's PC asks, when you're looking to buy or sell, how do you get accurate current market value of a rare card that hasn't sold in over a year or longer? This might be the only question of the, of the day. We might stay no, here. No, listen, there's no – so what's fun about it is there's no really right answer on it. If we're talking about like a low-pop card that doesn't have a lot of comps, right? Obviously, you got to look for um, look for comps. See if somebody sold it at an auction. I mean, instead of just doing one thirty point or um, or you know eBay sales, a cool little um, resource PWCC. I mean, they auction off a lot of cards that are what you consider low pop. You can go right into public. You can go right into their website, and they have like their auction um, um, archives. It's called, and you can search all of their auctions back years to see what the recent sales for it will be like. And Drake, depending on what card it is, you know, if it's like a prism parallel below numbered, you can always look at other parallels and similar. Like if you're if you're trying to find a price of a Zion Pulsar green out of 25, you know, you could comp it to a Mojo or a pink Pulsar out of 42 or something like that. You know, one-on-ones, you know, you're going to be out of luck probably. You know, it's going to be difficult. You might want to try to find the one-on-one of a comparable player. Um, and that's the other way to do it. If you can't find a comparable card, find, you know, right. Let's just say you have a Luca that's low pop that hasn't come for sale, right? Look at what the multiple between Luca and Trey are, and it's two to one or three to one or whatever it is. And then find, if you can find a sale of a similar card or the same card for Trey. So, you know, in addition to all those ways of looking stuff up, there's, there's always ways to find comps by, by looking at you're never going to find the same house, right? But you try to find the same type of house, right? Same three bedrooms, two bathroom, you know, that kind of stuff. So hopefully that, that all helps. When are you buying a house in Mexico? Mm, soon never. As, as soon as they let you, as soon as they kick you out. I don't want to live any place that will have you. Forget about it. That's why I'm staying clear of Philadelphia, too. No way. Out. 
That's it. They almost made a nice comeback today. We'll probably hopefully get a question about that. That was, I, I was like, that was fun. Fast, fast food, fast food makes you mean. I, I like <laughs> diet cage mood more. <laughs> At gtsm.highs, are you buying right now more than ever with the dip, or waiting a little more overall? And there's a little, a little clarified question. Before people would buy the card and then sell other cards to fulfill that payment. If that makes sense. They would kind of buy on borrowed money knowing that they'll sell their other their cards in a, in a week or a day. But now with the erratic market, you can't be doing that. So he, he wanted to do a little clarifier there. Yeah, so GTSM. So 100% that second part of the question is very true. There's a lot less of that. And that, you know, that strains the market, right? Because that was part of the reason why people were just, you know, it was continuing to see price go up, up, up. Because people were moving and then they knew with some certainty that their cards would be able to sell and they could pay for it, you know, borrowing borrowing from yourself almost, knowing that you'd be able to pay yourself back. Um, that liquidity in the market is not there. You don't know whether or not you're able to sell what you have in your possession after you go after it. And, you know, so people are trying to sell what they have now before moving into other things. Um, so that, that's definitely an important thing to note. As far as the question itself, am I buying more with the dip or waiting? I'm definitely waiting. Um, I'm hoping this is a dip. I've never been one to say I have to time perfectly, right? Like I need to sell at exactly the top. Sure, I'm angry at human nature if I don't, but also the same the same thing applies, right? Like, you know, trying to catch the bottom, trying to time the bottom of a dip is very difficult, also, right? You you know you'll find when you think it's a bottom, a lot of times it's not, right? And I don't need to be buying in at the the the, the, the very lowest, you know. I'll watch and wait for to see like sustain going back up before I start getting back in. And if I miss, you know, the bottom by two percent or five percent or whatever it is, so be it. You know, I don't I don't have to squeeze exactly at the bottom. I think by doing it that way, I wind up avoiding a false bottom and then buying it and watching it kind of tail back off, you know. So overall, and I think this is just not for this question, overall, for the last couple of months, I have been in much more of a kind of a wait and see attitude, seeing what, ha- you know, wait and see position, seeing what happens to the overall market. Let's keep rocking. Roberts, Roberts Ono Froman. Cool, I think I said that right. It's <laughs> Robert, son of Froman. So Abe Froman was the post that I made, a little sausage king of South Chicago. So I liked his name, Robert, son of okay. Froman. There we go. This is a this is a it's a long question. Well, so maybe this it's is the beginning. Robert, son of Froman. I don't know, Robert, <laughs> son of Roman. Maybe I don't know, but I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with Froman, Art Froman. I go with Abe Roman, Sausage King of Chicago. Dude, gouging 46 points. I, I, <laughs> you want to say something about Luca? No, no. You no, look upset. What's wrong? You wanted Luca to beat the Clippers? No, now I'm reading Robert, son of Roman. All right. Well, there we go. I mean, Robert, son of, of Froman. That would have been even better. But circling a few boxes of non sports card sets from the 90s that are 150 to 200. After watching a few breaks, I've noticed the cards stick together. Or bricking, as some would call it. Hearing the cards rip apart from each other gave me anxiety and obviously left a lot of surface damage on each card. I've heard about people sticking the cards in the freezer or hitting them with a blow dryer. Is there a method that Andrew Cage has had success with? Or is this something I shouldn't even bother with given the price of the investment? It this depends is, on. You know, it depends on. We've the done card. ten weeks. You've never got this question. It's true. This, you know, I've never gotten this question, but it depends on the kind of card, right? Some of these cards, it's, they're irreparably 
harmed already. The ones that have like foil on them and stuff, um, no matter what you do, that foil has already stuck to the card back on top of it. So I don't care if you hair dryer it. I don't care if you freezer it. I don't care if you do any of those things. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, to, to, to save those cards. Um, you know, it, it just happens, you know, it is what it is. There are certain cards that brick that are, that are not like foil based. Um, and those I have actually heard this. It's funny. This is a great question. I've heard, you know, if you were to, um, you know, leave them outside, slightly warm the package, um, you could actually separate those cards, but more of like a card stock type of card. Um, you know, you can actually separate them that way they don't brick up together. But yeah, I mean, $150, $200 boxes. Uh, I mean, it's one of those risks that you run. Cards just, you know, they happen to, they happen to brick together. It's just, what, it's just what happened back in the 90s. Taylor Trophy asks, is Luca quick? He beats and turns the corner on any defender that guards him. Baylor Trophy. It's kind of like Taylor Brophy, but Correct. Baylor Trophy. I like it. It's Luca quick. Let's see. He beats and turns the corner on any defender that guards him. Uh, Luca has very good basketball moves. I would not want to bet on him in a race. Like, I don't want to see what his 40 time is. Like, I'm not putting him up against DK Metcalf or anything like that anytime soon. But he's, <laughs> he's, he definitely has good basketball instincts, and he's shifty. You know, why he beats the defender is, I think, a little less about quickness and more about that he has so many ways to beat a defender, right? Like, you know, when he's facing up, he could step back and take a three. He can go right, he can go left. So, you know, he has the advantage against the defender, most of them. Although we saw, you know, second half of this game, Kawhi again, you know, kind of locked down on him. And, you know, when they double teamed him, he wasn't looking so good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's basketball quick, if that's a term I'm allowed to coin. He definitely does get around defenders pretty easily. Hey, just a good one. We're gonna go into the, the the factory, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. If you're a PSA, you're the you're the CEO of PSA. Watch out, guys. If Cage ever becomes CEO of PSA, <laughs> the hobby's in good hands. <laughs> so, so this is why I'll never be the CEO of PSA. What would my strategy be when I reopen seven one? So, first of all, I, now that I'm closed. I don't reopen unless I'm ready to reopen, right? I've already taken this crazy, you know, so the question assumes that I'm closed right now. I've already taken this crazy action of reopening. I am going to do test runs. So I'm going to pull out 100, 200, 1,000 of every type of order that comes in, whether it's Pokemon, whether it's, you know, modern, vintage, you name it. And I'm going to grab a cross-section of my graders and I'm going to find out exactly how many cards can be graded in a certain amount of time. And I'm going to extrapolate that over how many qualified graders I have currently in-house. And that's going to give me an idea of how many cards in each kind of genre I can grade with the amount of graders I have. It'll also let me know that I probably need to get some more graders in there when I can. But I'll know within a ballpark what my capacity is. Now, hopefully PSA already knows this, right? But here's the additional step that I would take. Going forward, that's all I would take in. All right, so on 7-1, I'm going to have most of my backlog cleared up. I'm going to have most of my backlog cleared up, let's hope. Otherwise, I'm not reopening, right? But at the very least, what I'm able to do there is make sure that the backlog doesn't get worse starting 7-1. If anything, as I add graders and I only take in as many as I have, we should catch up to the backlog. 
then on 8-1 or 9-1 or 10-1 when we're completely caught up and we've got an increase in the amount of capacity of cards we can take in because we've already worked through the backlog, we can start slowly and gradually taking more cards in as we add staff. So the, the key here is, like any company, you have to know what your capacity is. And what has happened here is um, by, by opening the door and opening the floodgates and taking in anything, they took in too much. And that's it's a great thing for a company, right? It's a, it's a spectacular thing for the company. You never want to turn away business, right? Especially when there are so many competitors out there who will take it. But the problem, of course, is what they saw right now. They had to close. They had to stop taking it in because they just could not do all of what was coming in. So that's my deal. Like, you know, it, it's funny, right? Um, right now, as far as I know, HGA is the only company that does this and limits to their capacity. They know how many they can grade. And they only take that many in and they're increasing it gradually as they're able to take that capacity in. Take this for what it's worth. But if I were the CEO, if I was the head of PSA, I would take a page from that playbook and I would make sure that I wasn't taking in more than I could handle. Oh, and by the way, one more. I would shut down the high end stuff and I would open up the low end stuff. I would be, I would be bulk. I would be, I would find some way. Let's clarify this. Okay. I would find some way, whether it's like the BCCG, name it. I would find some way to have like a collector's club for grading because if people are not full of it, then there's a segment of the, of of the hobby that people are full of it. Trust me. The ones that say, well, who are the kids? You know, we got to get cards for kids and target, but they're not, they don't want cards for kids. They want cards and target that they can flip. Right. There has to be a way that PC, get them in a slab, you know, you name it, the people who want to just slab their personal collection, at least that's what they say, right? People say, oh, you know, I don't want to pay $200 to slab this. I just want this card for myself. It's not, I'm not looking for reselling it. Okay. Well, there's got to be a way to have what, what you call it, a collector's club. You know, the PSA vouchers system can only be for this. It's something that obviously people are going to know. And, and I don't know how you do this, but it, people, it's not a resale thing. You know what I mean? Like whether it's just no half grades, you know, whether it's maybe for this, maybe they, they even do for the collector's club, a different ABCD scale or something. You know what I mean? This way people realize, okay, it's slab, it's protected, it's graded, but it's like personal collection graded. Like I would try to figure out something like that, do a focus group with, with you know, with, with kids, you know, with people who are collectors who actually just want these cards for themselves, and I would come up with some other way of doing that, that I would bulk submit the hell out of it. The only problem is, I think what I would find out there is that 90% of the people who say, I just want to slab it for my PC, I need to get it at 8 or 10 or $12, I need a bulk sub, that they're full of it. And that people wouldn't use it. People wouldn't use that ABCD personal thing. They're just trying to get a, a way to cheap sub everything that they could flip it themselves. So, listen... The, the, the conclusion on that one, because I love this question, thank you, Cardfather13, is they're in a tough spot, right? They get so much stuff in, and people are looking for them to do, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I think no matter what they do, there's going to be a segment of the hobby that says they're doing something wrong. You know, on our thing, Nat Turner, when he was on, didn't exactly say he wouldn't do a black label at some point in time. You know, he said everything was on the table, and yet it, when he was with this other dude, um, this past week, I don't know. I don't listen to that. I don't listen to anybody but myself. Um, but he was with that guy, and um, I think you know the the talking points that came out of it was that he's not doing 
uh, like a black label PSA 10. So they don't even know, you know, from month to month, what they're doing changes. If he goes on another podcast with Joe Mafanas next week, he might say the black label's back on the table. You never know. So they got a lot of stuff that they're trying to figure out, you know. Give them, give them a pass. If you had to give a prediction, what what day do they open? Because the date, pick a date. Well, remember, they're open, right? They would tell you they're not closed. They're open. If you want to pay the money to grade a card, you can grade a card right now. So they're open, and they have you know autographs they're taking in. They're just not taking in um, card grading at a, at a price below $300 right now. I believe they will reopen in July, but they will not have any grading available under, let's say, $50 a card. Right, I don't think they'll have any kind of bulk or value submissions available, and I don't think that comes probably until uh, the later quarter of this year. So they may reopen in July, but I don't think we're we're talking about September, October uh, for any type of like lower end, you know, grading that most of us would do. All right, Drake's PC. Drake's on. Uh, he's on vacation. He's watching us from the beach in Florida, in Miami, actually. Or Mira Mark. Uh, William Martin. Drake. Hey, Happy no. birthday to the Pack God. Listen, uh, listen, it's not always pulling fire. We we opened some stuff on Friday for his birthday, just so that everybody knows, because I should probably do like Callwood Relevant on this. But we opened four boxes of Chrome uh, Bundesliga. We opened two boxes of uh, Upper Deck Golf Artifacts. And, you know, basically turned about like 3K of, of sealed product into about $100 of raw cards. I mean, it was just basically garbage. But, you know, it's a fun rip, you know, having, having some fun. But, I mean, like, I'll show you pictures of what we got. And it was just like, we were like, oh. Like each box progressively worse and worse. So, um, but you know, for the most part, William Martin he pulls fire. <laughs> Stay tuned, William, because MBT Sports Cards. William he asked a good question. You're gonna like it. But I'm gonna go to one question before, it, and then we'll go to Wells. Okay. So this is a question from our uh, our live audience here. Okay. So Anthony Martorano, uh, Cage. I just sold three K this week and looking to buy. How much of it? How much of it do I put into liquid flip? trade bait type of cards and how much of it do i put into long hold long-term hold type of cards? so great question two two questions have to follow up and that'll give me the answer right and then i'll try to do the best i can number one what do you think about the market right now right if you think that the market is going to you know stabilize it already has stabilized there's bargains we're in a dip and you want to buy then that's going to change my answer for you that's going to tell me put all 3k into it um, if you think that the market is still going down and that's why you sold, that's why you sold some stuff and have the 3K and you want to keep that money on the sidelines, obviously a different answer as well. You know, that doesn't mean you have to jump right back in. Obviously something made you sell that 3K it could just be because you wanted to get rid of some trade cards. You know, maybe you want to get rid of Luca before game seven. Uh, you know, who, who knows, right? Um, but that's question number one. Question number two is, you know, where do you want to be? Right? Is it something where you get more fun in the hobby from flipping and doing like that daily or weekly or monthly, like trying to turn color up money? Or are you looking to take something that you had that was base or whatever it was that you sold for 3000 and now put something in that's a long term PC type of hold? Um, and then, you know, keep that and watch it kind of appreciate slowly over time. So, you know, this kind of question, it's not the easiest thing. It really does depend on what you want to do with it um, and what your kind of portfolio split is. Um, but, I mean, if you're asking what I would do, um, if I believe that this is a dip right now, then pretty much anything is a good buy, right? And if you're looking to have some fun, right, looking at some fun and buy stuff at a low that in a couple of weeks or a month or two you can sell, um, I would say put probably if, if that's where you are maybe two-thirds one-third uh you know maybe buy yourself a nice card for a thousand dollars that's a longer term hold um and maybe 
use 2000 to buy, you know, some, maybe get into some football, maybe something, you know, that you want to buy quick now and sell like right as the, you know, right before the, the season starts. Um, you know, that would probably be my split, how I would do it. It's hard to time a bottom, is in a cage? Impossible. I think as, as I get through these questions, right? Like we get questions, but there's also like a general like web that they weave and mm-hmm. the general consensus I have is people want to buy in. People have the money, but no one wants to buy in and have their card lose 30, 40% of the value. It's back to what you always say, you know, buy what you love. Sure. But you don't want to buy what you love and then wake up in a week and it's 50% of what you paid. Then you're like, so I don't know if you agree with this, but if we could stay on this topic, I think it'll help our audience a lot. You know, like the long-term and short-term debt cycles and you know how it ebbs and flows. Yep. I personally like to buy on the trend up line with, instead of trying to catch the bottom. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe you That's could exactly elaborate. What, well, it's just what we just said. I mean, you don't have to catch that. And maybe you buy something 5 or 10% higher, but, but it's already now got that sustained head up and you know you're buying on its way up, or at least you have a better chance of you're buying on its way up instead of buying, hoping that it's at the bottom. And then you have that potential, of course, that it just continues, that you haven't timed that bottom. So I, I'm with you. I always try to you know, like wait and watch the pattern and see – um, you know, still starting to move back Trey, up. Trey is someone that's really interesting. I wouldn't say buy into Trey, but I would say Trey has found a bottom. And I'm curious if, if the because if the market keeps tanking, Trey will be taken down with him. But mm-hmm. I think the market wants to buy back into Trey. So I would watch his market really heavily the next week to two weeks. Well, Trey's an interesting cat, right? Because Trey, you know, Trey could be fool's gold. Right. So all the things that were cutting against Trey going, you know, during the season that, you know, he's not, not, not a team player, doesn't really play much defense, you name it. You know, the, the playoffs have almost um, kind of whitewashed that, right? Throw some perfume on the stink of that because, one, we always talk about Zion, Ja, Luca, Trey. Well, Trey's the only one left now. Right. So that's, that's, that's big. That's huge. You know, you can't discount that. But of all of them, the Knicks, I know we got a lot of Knicks fans here, and I want to root for the Knicks. The Hawks just dismantled that team. That was, I mean, Julius Randle, you know, he shouldn't win the 17th man of the year, let alone sixth man of the year, if the playoff performance came into it. You know, like that was just, it was, you know, there was that, that, that team showed how they were young. They didn't have any real leadership on it. Um, you know, they leaned on Derrick Rose, and that guy did everything that he could do in that series. But, you know, that's an easy one. And now, um, you know, it looks like he's – you know, got a, a good matchup against Philly because Embiid doesn't look 100% there. I mean, he's playing, but he doesn't look 100% there. Um, so that Hawks team played against the Clippers like Luka had to. It might be a different story. You know what I mean? Like, you, you remember where they are, remember what the story is. I don't think anybody really thinks that the Hawks are winning a championship per se. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. But they don't have to. But they don't but have to. I think if they, but, if they beat the Sixers and have promise for next season – as well as uh, Trey looking a little bit better. I, I think that could drive his market. I mean, his top shot market. Uh, you, you know that Trey only had, and, and the Hawks only had four nationally televised games all year? Yep. So w- what I'm realizing is, believe it or not, I would say the general public knows Luca's name a lot more than Trey. Yeah, and there's a reason for that, right? Everybody needs, uh, everybody needs a, um, a hero and a heel. Right, everybody needs uh, somebody to root for and somebody to root against. And who's the hero reason, heel in our in our scenario here? You're both. So, but here's the thing, right? So, I mean, for whatever Stupid. reason, 
for whatever reason, Luca is viewed as the hero, and Trey, Trey, he's kind of owning that heel. He's owning that heel role. You know what I mean? Like he in a whole ice tray, you know, yelling at the fans, and you know the whole nine yards. And look, for some people it works. You know, for some people that works. Um, you know, but usually it's not the most favorable thing for hobby love, unless you're in wrestling. You know what I mean? You're wrestling cards and you're a heel. You can be all right. But that heel roll, that heel turn, you know, in sports, it's usually not a good thing for your pricing. But, yeah, man, I mean, listen, I'm with you. Trey, I probably give Trey as a play 4,000 times. You know what I mean? During our, during our play. Same as Ja. Just because their stuff has really gotten beaten up. Uh, and just to finish on Anthony's question, he said he got some PSA slabs, nines and tens. He flipped them. Uh, he loves that. I would take – Five percent, 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Buy yourself something you really love. If that's a Marvel card or just a card that, like, you're like, that's my card. Buy yourself something you love and then follow Cage's advice on everything else. Listen, uh, Anthony, that's a great follow up because that makes it easy. The second sentence there is, is the key, right? He gets the most fun out of flipping and grading to add to his PC. I hope that when PSA opens up, they allow for us to do that again because believe it or not, that was how I moved into you know the collection I have now. You know, starting with very small, low-dollar stuff, using PSA, building it up, flipping those cards. And that was a lot of fun, right? And I hope that's something that will continue. Um, you know, the prices on some base PSA, 9s, 10s, that kind of stuff, it's, it's not exactly, you know, <laughs> great selling right now. But, yeah, I mean, whatever, pick whatever your sport is, right? Find a prospect. Do a little bit of research before just dumping that, that $3,000 you just got back in. You know, if you're a baseball guy, you know, do some research in the fantasy, like, dynasty stuff. Who's going to come up? during the season now that people haven't bought yet. Maybe try to find that person, right? And maybe if, if you're concerned, because it, it sounds like you made that money when P, when the PSA grade and flip was something you could do, maybe take a look at Starstock because maybe you'll get that same rush, right? Maybe you'll be able to find a guy who's in Starstock A who is the rookie that's going to come up this year in baseball, but you wouldn't be able to get that raw back in PSA 10 form. Maybe you buy it in Starstock and you're able to flip it later in the season if you find the right guy. It's sort of the same kind of rush, the same kind of fun, energy, gambling, flip type of stuff that you got with the whole buy raw, grade, and sell after um, without having to wait for PSA to open and send your stuff back. We got Mike Gio in the house, sports card nonsense, Cage. He has a few <laughs> questions for us. Nice. Uh, oh, what's up, man. Mike? That's it. He's going to tank the whole show, Mike Gio. Nah, we, listen, we love the guy. I hope you don't want to ask him anything hard. Nervous. Hair product. I'll, I'll start right here. I'll start basic. Hair product recommendations from you, Cage. All right. So, hey, hey, so. Cage and Christoph Porzingis have the same barber, fun fact. Maybe. I mean, you know, we're both unicorns. You know, no one does what we do. <laughs> so um, I, I, use a, I use a product called the Glue in my in my hair here it's a it's a got to be it's a nice little yellow tube you can get it at any drugstore mike any you know uh i can go grab it and show you if you like but you got cvs Dwayne reed wherever it is it's a glue you just you know, put it in there you run a little comb through it you're set so mari's wig stand up to hurricane winds someone in the chat name the movie mike said mike said you got uh the same shooting percentage as no KP. I, my shooting was like <laughs> sing, single digits single digit unless we're talking about the ladies then my shooting percentage is much higher. Cage, Cage, where am I from? From Philly. What I'm from Andy? Philly. Cage is New York. Like Kamala, the Ugandan giant, he hails from parts unknown. <laughs> what does that mean? He said Adam McNanny, who is Cage's <laughs> biggest fan. Adam, Adam and Cage have a brotherhood. 
Dude, Adam, that, what's funny about that is, you know, I, I grew up in Staten Island. I've seen more Aquanet than I care to admit. So that's awesome. That's good stuff. Let, let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. Jokes, <laughs> serious. Jokes, serious. That's what we, we keep we keep our audience guessing here. When was the last card? What was the last card you bought that you don't intend to flip? What was the last PC card? And no Top Shot. None of that. Like, I know you're setting crypto nudes and stuff. None of that. Just sports card. So don't intend to flip is very difficult, right? So if I, if it's if I don't intend to sell, like most cards, I will sell at flip. some point in time when they move up. A flip is a different story. So um, you bought the Jordan card. without without the intention of flipping. Oh, that's I don't intend example. to ever sell that. So, but that's not exactly the most recent. But yeah, I bought the Jordan. Um, I bought the Jordan. You know, PSA ten definitely. I bought which um, old Montana rookie. I bought a Jerry Rice rookie. I have no intention of really moving those anytime soon, even though they ran up tremendously from where i bought them and now they've kind of both run down um i guess i should have sold them but you know all of those um are they fall in that category okay so i, I will give an answer on this actually um well, it's I a coffee bought, of cage i'd hope so i bought <laughs> no on this specific one right because it popped in my brain i bought a tom brady rookie recently um in an auction i bought it in an iconic right. iconic auction and um it's not his typical one it's not like one of the autograph ones it's a flare metal one which i like it's got a cool picture it's you know like a it's a, a horizontal rookie and believe it or not it's an sgc slap but it's an sgc gold the pristine so there's only one of those it's like so it's a one-on-one it's not a numbered card there's plenty of them let me see if i can pull it up pull it up if you can what's it called like it's flare metal it's tom brady flare metal just a flare metal base rookie um, and it's, uh, you know, as you see, you were, pretty, not, you, you were pretty, you were pretty pumped for this one. Yeah, I was excited about it. And I definitely paid a premium over even PSA 10 prices for it, uh, when I bought it because, um, I don't really have too much Brady. That's a cool looking card. Um, and I, 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 I like, you know, we, we talk about PSA scarcity, you know, population scarcity. That's the card, but that's a green, Guys. One, not that oh, okay. so click in the middle. So green is like a parallel. Um, that's the card. But I got it. Mine is in a SGC, you know, pristine ten um, gold label. Well, you know, one of one. So I'm 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 getting into that whole like scarcity of it, like you know PSA scarcity, PSA ten scarcity. But like you know, you saw when Kobe Refractor sold and BGS ten. You know, there's only a couple of those. You saw the, the how it that price differentiated itself even from what a PSA ten or a, a, a non black label BGS ten would sell for. So I paid a little premium for it. And I have no intention of selling that anytime soon. I think you're going to like this question. MBT, so Will asks, Luca Nation Fantasy Football. Can we make this a thing? Winner gets a hobby box of some sort. Sure. I never Don't. do fantasy football because I have an addictive personality. But I will I will join a Luca Nation fan, uh, Fantasy Football thing if you create it, Will. Yeah, hey, Will, there you go. You just volunteered yourself. I will volunteer myself for putting up the hobby box. Oh, look at, <laughs> so. the big, look at the big brains on this guy. Yeah, that's it. Right. I will, I'll put the prize up, but I can't win it right. myself. I'll, I'll be in it. I'll play. But if I win, we'll do a break or something like that among everybody in the, in the group. Cardboard so let me read this. Go. Cardboard Underground asks, what do you think it would take to see a resurgence? He could qualify as a resurgence, 25% or more uh, in like the big markets. LeBron, uh, Luca, Durant. Uh, and he's specifically asking about the base rookie slabs. And I think you should differentiate between LeBron base and Luka base because those are two different criterias. Uh, but what do you think What do you think it's going to take to see a resurgence in those cards? Time. Time. Definitely time. You um, said that to me today too. We need, we need some time. 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, that's the thing, right? That that really is. It's going to take some time, right? I would not expect any of the of the PSA ten slabs of their rookie base tens to bounce back anytime soon because I do expect PSA to continue to be grading these things. Uh, the one positive is I haven't really heard of anybody getting back these cards from PSA and being happy about their grades recently. Um, you know, no one's getting as many tens back from PSA as they used to. I don't care what anybody says. They're just not. Um, so that, that may temper it. Um, you know, and if the pop doesn't grow, go up as much as, um, you know, as much as it was, uh, going up, you know, at the same kind of rate, then you might see it. I'll, I'll throw a little curveball answer at this one here. What will make those go up? Remember it, it is a supply and demand type of thing. Right. And if you talk about like Luca with 20,000, prism base PSA tens out there, you know, when, when all this dust is settled in order for that card to go up, you need significant demand. You need more demand than there is right now. You know, there was less population of it available when it was $2,000 bubble time last season, when he hit that shot and the demand was through the roof, right? He hit that game winner. Everybody was watching it. The nation was glued to that. It was like the only thing that was going on. Everybody was home. You know, that was where everybody went quick by that prison base. The market was hot. You know, cards were hot. And just everything came together perfectly, right? We would need that to happen again to see a, a, a significant uptick, especially on the Luca. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I'm saying that that can't happen, right? So there are things going on in the hobby right now that are, are positive for it, right? And Luca specifically, I'll throw this out there, right? Ken Golden, love you, man. He just followed us, you know, reach out to Ken. He followed the podcast, follows me, um, you know, great auctions, great ambassador, one of many great ambassadors we have in the hobby. He's got a TV show he's talking about doing, right? And <laughs> thank you to the couple hundred people who have reached out and said that I should be on his show. That's great. I have not reached out to Ken yet, but it is what it is. Maybe, we'll see. So, um, you know, he's into a TV show that is going to bring segments into the hobby that we're not already in it. It's going to bring collectors and it's going to bring demand, right? It's going to bring other people into the hobby, right? Believe it or not, as much as I crap on the ancillary sports that are out there, the fact that people are pumping up F1 and soccer and other sports, it's actually a good thing. Right, not for the people who are holding those in the beginning and we left holding those bags, right? But if soccer cards become a thing, right, that brings Europe into it, right? It brings Europe into cards, most likely to start with soccer. But who among us here started with one and stayed with one? There are probably very few of you, right? Except the basketball card guy, and even him, I bet you, I bet you, if we poke him enough, we'll find that he's got some Hank Aaron, some baseball cards, right? But, but. If the if European markets and the Asian markets, we talked about, um, you know, with 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 Howling Hustle, uh, Eric Myers, you know, expanding to Asia, those markets come in, right? And they now bring demand for these cards. The European market, why wouldn't they want Luca, right? That would be sort of a trigger for price going up because that's more demand, even though there's a ton of supply. That's what you would need to, you know, you said, what does it take to resurgence in that? That's what it would need. Durant, Durant's still playing. And now with Harden injured, he's out for game two and who knows how much longer. I've been crapping on Durant saying Durant wins this championship. You know, this is a bad one because he will have more here than anyone's ever had, right? But if he wins now with just Kyrie, 
you can make an argument that this championship is as good for him as uh, LeBron's with Kyrie. You know what I mean? There's no Harden. You know, all... so so Durant, you could see an uptick, a temporary uptick, but you can see an uptick in his stuff as they proceed in these playoffs. And if they win as easily as some people think, and there's another championship, that could really help Durant. LeBron, man, let me tell you something about LeBron. All right, I know Andrew hates him. Right? I know Andrew thinks he's one of the worst players to ever lace up sneakers. I'm just kidding, Andrew. Relax. He got so mad at me. I put the title of the episode, you know, and, you know, LeBron's not the best player in any of his games. And he texts me. He's like, what are you doing? You're throwing me to the wolves. You know, like, you know, like right? So, so. Sorry. It was a question. It was a question. You ready for this? Ready. I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking soon to be buying into the LeBron dip myself. That's Pure honesty. Not, not after you not see his... the commercial where he says, "When he, do you know what the movie's called? The Bunny and the Goat? He literally named the movie The Goat. Okay. His stuff is going to come down. I'm not talking about buying into one of his base chrome stuff. I'm going to try to find something real nice and have a LeBron piece in my collection. Um, and I will be looking for a LeBron bargain soon because people are beating him up. And, I mean, you know, he come back next year. Who knows what he's going to have? Go ahead, talk to me. Your money where your mouth is. Oh, you guys all just heard that. You guys all just heard that. I'm saying bullshit. bullshit. Okay. He's not right. buying a LeBron card. Show us, show us your buy. Show us your buy. I'm will, saying you're not going to buy one. No I chance. I, listen, I today I came very close to listing the LeBron Top Shot. I know it's not a card, but obviously you know what that thing sells for. You know what it's worth. And I got a lot of people messaging me on Twitter to you know make a deal with them. You know, off market and the whole deal. And I listed it. I listed it for like two seconds. And I said to myself, you know what? If this sells, I'm actually not going to be that happy. Like I'll regret selling this. I already sold two of them. I had three. This is my last one. I don't want to sell it. And I took it down off the market. Now, that's not the same as buying a card. You're right. It's not the same as putting my money where my mouth is and buying a LeBron card. But the key here is, and this is why I don't call bullshit, if his cards fall off a cliff, if, if people run away from his cards, and they started to already, right? I'm talking about, if they continue to dip, I will definitely buy one. But guys, LeBron is one of those one of those cards that's difficult for me to buy into. And I told you guys this because I was buying in 2018 his Chrome base PSA tens for a thousand dollars. One, not forty. One, right? Not twelve as a bargain. Not fifteen as a bargain. One, and selling them at twenty five hundred. So it's very hard. Like, I didn't keep one. You know, it's very hard to get back in. It's tough to wrap my brain around that. So LeBron's a little tough one. But go for it, man. Drake's PC asks, will new entrants always gravitate to base cards, huh. or do you think they will keep getting smarter? Or do you think they will keep getting smarter? You know what, Drake? I'm going to throw something out there for you. You're not going to hear this anywhere else because I'm not one of the talking heads. Um, <laughs> buying low pop and... Um, you know, autos, RPAs, buying low pop cards, that does not make you smarter. It doesn't, right? So, so sticking to base cards is not smarter. And I will, I will say one other thing. You can, if you time it right, if you get lucky, if you get out try, without trying to squeeze every dollar out of it, you can make money following the masses. You can be that lunatic who runs on stage at the Bitcoin convention with his Dogecoin <laughs> shirt and does a Doge to the moon dance. You can make money being that guy. You can follow the masses and make money. But ultimately, what winds up happening, if you're in bed with everybody, with Joe Public, if you stay too long, you will lose money. 
right? You will lose. And right now what we're seeing is people are running those low pop cards up now. Everybody's buying them. Everybody thinks that's what you got to do with them. That's what you got to do. Like, but remember, there was, that was a talking point of somebody else first, just like Pokemon was, just like vintage basketball was, just like F1 is now, just like tennis was. It was, hey, everybody, take your base money and move it into those autos. Take your base money and move it into RPAs. Well, guess what? Enough people do that, the price is going to go up. The people who were telling you to buy them, they're going to start selling them, all right? And when they sell them, the rest of you are bag holders, just like you are now with the base cards. So it's not, I wouldn't call it smarter, right? You know, in a year from now, the pendulum might swing back to buying base cards as the smart thing to do. Or maybe by then, the pumpers are telling you to buy doodles again. I have no idea. So I've wanted, I've wanted to say this for a while, and I think it's a good place to insert it. When I first got into the hobby in 2018, I had like three Giannis Prism cards and a few kind of ancillary cards. Let's call that like one or two percent of my collection. Yep. Then as the cards started accumulating wealth and that snowball that I talk about, I eventually had five, 10, 20, 30, 40 percent of my collection in wealth, it, uh, my money in the collection, kind of waiting up. I think that hasn't happened. And I think that's the next level because the new people that have come in, they've lost so much value. They haven't wanted to redeposit and they haven't been able to redeposit their gains. The way that I got so involved in the hobby was I just reaccumulated gains and I let the snowball do its thing. I think right now when people are sitting a little bit underwater, they don't want to redeposit new money and they don't have gains. So that's why you kind of see a little bit of a stagnant market. Drake, it really depends, right? I mean, like, think about it. What everybody's talking point was, all these companies coming in, were we going to create stocks we're going to create a liquid stock market for cards, right? The easiest way to do that is with base cards. And that's why the base cards became the thing, right? Because it became like everybody was in a rush to make sports cards into sports betting and stocks for cards, right? And the way to do that, it, you have to have something that's liquid, something that is, is, is easy across all the boards, right? You can't make a liquid stock market on, on, on RPAs out of 50. It's just not possible. So if that trend continues, if all these companies, all these vendors, all these you know people, all these companies who are coming in who are looking to make a stock market and turn sports cards into a sports betting type of thing, base cards won't go away. The pricing of them, you know, is probably going to tail off, and everybody's got to look at the population, the whole deal. But base cards will be the way I think the easiest way for new entrants to to, to continue to get into the hobby. Happy Sunday, Tracy. Happy Sunday, Cage. What's your IG? What's my Instagram? Yeah. It's Cage Lawyer, but you know we put Luca Nation Cage Lawyer in there now. So Luca Nation it. underscore Cage Lawyer. Yeah, you could find anybody who's uh, you know got the little orange tiger stripes around us. And guys, I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream for you guys. My, my dream is tiger stripes for all of you. Like I have a I have a takeover for Instagram. At some no, point no time. filtering process. No we tryouts. Want, we want, we just, want just participation stuff. trophies want, for everybody. Listen, listen, we're on a system. You know, when people buy a cyberpunk and they put their cyberpunk, you know, their, their crypto punk and they put their punk up there and, you know, they put it as their, their, their avatar for Twitter. You know, there's no governing body that says, show me that you actually own that, you know? Um, but you know, you're a Luca nation guy. Yeah, I think I got a vision, man. I got a vision of Instagram filled with orange tiger stripe Luca Nation guys. Tell me what you think about that idea, guys. Maybe we'll roll that out. I love it. Let me let me throw something back at you. This is one of your sure. biggest fans. 
This is someone you knew. Dennis Patrick Zender. Ring a bell? Yeah, I love Dennis Patrick Zender. Okay. Not, so I'm not three names this... are usually difficult. The three names, you know, normally three names are associated with people who assassinate people. But this guy, I'm going to hold him in a higher regard, right? I'm not going to say it's like Lee Harvey Oswald. It's like three names are usually bad things. But this guy, good things. Go. Sing Freedom Freud. Just kidding. We need a hobby association with an elected commissioner and board. Free membership and candidates can be voted in by proxy. We need official representation to barter at the table of Tops Panini, grading companies, auction houses, etc. I believe you get a few major players in the hobby behind it. Card ladder, you guys, card porn. And it could gather steam. Thoughts? Uh, a governing body. Elected I mean, it, by the people. I mean, listen, I love the idea, right? I love the idea, but it's not. I mean, it give me something that's similar, right? I mean, in an employment space, it sounds like a union is where you can negotiate and stuff. But in a consumer perspective, I mean, unless we're talking about less negotiating but more policing unless you're talking about like a better business bureau for the hobby per se which by the way you can better business bureau you know these companies unless you're talking about like consumer reports or somebody who's gonna like write up you know reviews and stuff i don't think tops or panini no matter who we get in there i mean they may listen to you they may you know they may take some of your suggestions in but it's not like you, they're not going to negotiate pricing or anything with with us it's a cool idea i mean it, it's definitely a cool idea but I don't know. I think, you know, I, I will tell you when it comes to, to sports cards and I've been doing this for a long time, Dennis Patrick Zender, um, I'm a free market guy. I really am. Right. And I think that the market will bear whatever the market will bear and it gets corrected. I just hope that doesn't turn into just a huge bubble burst. Like we had sort of, you know, after the, the huge production numbers of the late eighties and early nineties. Um, I think, you know, if people can behave at targets without pulling weapons for their Pokemon cards, you know, eventually those stuff will come back to Target and Walmart and hopefully, you know, the market will correct and, you know, those will be available for people who want to buy them. And, you know, maybe Panini will start doing more Dutch auction type stuff. Um, you know, I, I just think it's better to let the market decide what stuff is worth. Where, where I think the stuff should be targeted, believe it or not, is more on your distributors than on your Panini and your Tops. I think it's more on that that level, the middleman. I think uh, I think that's the story. I think that you know your your middleman might actually be where I would address some of my uh, my negotiating power on if, if we ever form something like this. But before we move to the next question, thank you for including us in that. Thank you for you know for 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 saying that we would be a a, a worthy addition to such a board. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ask my question for you. Cage. Oh yes, you're gonna like this. I think it's a good time. You want to read it? Or do you want me to read it? it? Says, so, so I am Andrew Goldberg, who, by the way, even though he is the founder of Luca Nation Network, he's going to put does, me on the last game. does not have Luca Nation on his Instagram name. He's the only one. He just, he's just, I am Andrew Goldberg. No, Luca Nation told me to do it. I did it. Doesn't have, but that's okay. It's okay. He is Andrew Goldberg. So it's a good name for him. Why do you think Gary V? is so polarizing to the hobby community. Either people bash him for pumping or others think he is crucial to the hobby to bring attention. It's a great question. It is a great question. And I think, believe it or not, it's a pretty easy answer. Anybody who has that much of a following is never going to have all fans or all haters. Um, it's part of the necessary thing, right? I mean, I think if you're doing something right, um, you know, you're going to have people who are, who are, uh, call you out. 
Um, and I think you have people who are going to, you know, going to tell you that you're doing something wrong. The interesting thing about it <clears throat> from a Gary perspective is this. The hobby is a different thing for him. And these NFTs are a different thing for him because to the best of my knowledge, and we'll go back a couple years, Gary has put content out there, whether it's wine reviews, obviously a review with an eye towards someone buying wine, um, you know, wine talk, uh, you know, videos and the other, you know, videos he's doing gar garage sale videos. Like he was not in his garage sale videos. He was not telling people, here's the garage sale to go to. And by the way, I want you all to go out and buy these mugs, right? Or better yet, I went to a garage sale. I think everybody's underestimating the value of these mugs. Everyone should buy milk mugs on eBay right now. And it was three weeks after he hit 47 garage sales and bought every milk mug and listed them on eBay himself so that he could make a profit on it, right? Whether intentional or not. The difference between all of that content that he had where he was, he was providing a lot of free content, a lot of messaging, a lot of motivation, a lot of like, this is how I did it. This is what I do. You know, I'll give you the tools to fish. Once you get into the hobby, right? And then we'll talk about the V friends next. But once you get into the hobby, it was a very different scenario. It was, hey, guys, look at these undervalued. And you knew he had them. You knew they were his, right? And you knew he had a fan of Mookie Betts, a stack of Devin Booker, a whole bunch of Luca, a whole bunch of LeBron, and he was taking pictures. Now, give him the benefit of the doubt, he was taking pictures because he was having fun. He was enjoying buying these cards. He wanted to show off what he was buying. But whether he knew or not, and I'm, I'm going to say he probably knew, when he showed those things off, it was going to have an impact. People do what their influencers a financial impact do. is what you're saying yeah uh, it, it, so but so it's gonna have an impact on the value of what he's showing now a financial impact is a different story right and i want to be careful here right because if you believe gary he was not selling any of these things he was showing them off right he was saying this is what i have and he claims he hasn't really sold much of any of his stuff right so and if that's the case that he can say look i was just showing it off i never profited on any of this stuff right someone else might have profited right i'm just pointing out that this is, this is, you know, now keep in mind, the not selling thing is an interesting thing in the hobby, right? Because if he was sitting with a huge percentage of Apple stock and tweeted, I love Apple stock, Apple stock's the greatest thing on earth, you name it. And then people bought Apple stock, whether he sold it or not, he's increased the value of his holdings, right? Like that's a, it's an interesting thing. At some point in time, he sells it and he's now increased it. Interesting, right? wrong right i don't know maybe he's telling it's people blurry. about so that's why so, dennis patrick's under wants a regulatory body <laughs> well so but where where it gets fun right is even with that he wasn't asking any of his followers to do anything he wasn't monetizing the following at all right this v friend thing became an interesting little difference right because that was he was actually saying i'm gonna make something myself and i expect you to buy it you know or i think you should buy it um and you know, I'm going to also say benefit of the doubt, altruistic. I think he probably really believes in the product and really thinks that anybody who buys it now is going to make money over time. And there probably have been people who have already made money, you know, selling those things in the secondary market. Um, but the hobby, the NFTs, you name it, I think he has kind of, I don't want to call it a U-turn, but he's definitely made a left. It used to just be, here's my content, here's my content, here's my content. Now it's here's what I'm buying, here's what I'm making, here's what, you know, and, and you have to know that people are going to, you know, act on that. Um, 
So why do I think Gary Vee's polarizing? I think that's probably why. I think that's that's the that's the story, right? I mean, um, now on the positive side, I think it's a very good thing that he's in the hobby. We talked about like Europe getting into the hobby. You know, we talked about like soccer and F one and that stuff. Um, I I would give him a lot of credit. Australia Australia's audience growing. I, I give him a lot of credit for a lot of the boom that we've had in this hobby over the last couple of years, right? I mean, you'd be a little naive to think that um, that there would be as many eyeballs on this. And just coincidentally, you know, the market has gone up the way that it did exactly right after he said, hey, guys, sports cars, this is a thing. You know, look at the Michael Jordan. Look at the Charizard. Look at this. Look at these. Look at these cars. I mean, kind of be silly to think that he didn't impact it that way. I've been to card shows, and this question is funny because people talk about it. Be like, oh, that guy, Gary Vee, blah, blah, blah. But it's the same thing I talk about where it's the young kids walking around with their card cases. Those are people who are in it most likely because of him influencing it, right? So, I, I mean, so, you know, if you ask me where I fall on it, I'm going to fall on the positive. I know I give a hard time every now and again, but I'm going to fall, I, I think, on balance. He's done way more good for the hobby, way more good. And, you know, a lot of people are in the hobby solely because of, of him. I think, you know, yeah, so that's part of it. Now, the people who are negative on them, they're the people who are going to be negative anyway. Those are the people who never wanted PSA to be there. Those are the people who never wanted this stuff to change. But he says it himself, and I agree. If you go to the National three years ago, as opposed to the National, what's going to be like this year, it's a world of difference. And I think he's got to be good a, for the hobby, right? He's a lot yeah. of reason for that. Yeah, I think so. Kyle, what's up, man? This is a good question for Cage. You just, Ian just pulled one of these. Sell or hold Trevor Lawrence autos? Seems there's a lot out there. You know, there does seem to be a lot out there, especially because, like, um, I think, what was it, Tops? I think did their own little release of his, like, you know, like a Trevor Lawrence, you know, that um, their own kind of, you know, their own Trevor Lawrence release. Yeah, I mean, listen, I got to tell you, uh, Ian pulled one just out, out of one box of, of Optic. Um and I was feeling around on the pricing on it. And I was like, you know what? It's just worth like hanging on to this. This is a cool card. You know, we might as well just hang on to it. It's something we pulled, you know, and if he has a great season, great. But I'll, I'll tell you on balance, if you're asking me for your stuff, like if you can get a decent amount of money for a Trevor Lawrence auto now, I would sell it because the autos that are out now are college uniform. And every year those college uniform ones go down when the pro uniform ones come out. Even the one I have, like it's a contenders, but it's not contenders with his Jaguars uniform. It's contenders with his Clemson uniform. And yeah, there are people out there who will tell you, oh, people collect schools. And I'm sure there's a couple of Clemson you know, collectors, but there's way more pro-uniform Trevor Lawrence collectors. So Nobody you know, collects schools. So I would sell these things when you can still get some money on them. Mike Knowlton, what's the best MJ insert to buy during this dip? I actually gave one last night, uh, the 1998 Topps Chrome back-to-back. I thought it was cool. I don't know if it's the best. I don't know. But funny you yeah, bring that up. Yeah, I like up. that. Listen, the MJ inserts, what's funny about them is it, it just depends on what you like. Honestly, there's so many of them because the 90s were just basically full of inserts. Um, you know, if you can get yourself a nice Scoring Kings, you know, at a discount, that's my favorite. You know, I mean, you can buy yourself with the Lightning Strike and the whole deal. You know, maybe a, maybe a Beam Team if you can get one. You know, Refractor if you can get one. Um Total D is a pretty cool card, very condition sensitive, and the Yankees cannot win a game, man. First inning and Verdugo takes. Stay with us. Stay with deep. us. Stay with Jeez. us. Forget about them. Forget about oh, them. Oh man, they are just terrible. So, um, yeah, it's man. The so, first inning. 
doesn't matter, man. They can't beat the Rays. They can't beat the Red Sox. Go back to my baseball. It's the first I, said the, I said the Red Sox were going to be good. Red Sox, man, yeah, good team. Um, so, so any of those, right? So, so MJ is a good place to buy, right? Because when when the whole market goes down, everything goes down, and there's no reason for Michael Jordan card to go down, right? So it's kind of like what you were talking about with Trey, right? Like Trey should be going up. But if the market goes down, the market pulls everyone down, even somebody who's performing at the highest level right now. Um, that is a good place to look for your, you know, for where to put some money, MJ especially. All right, all right, all right. Ian gets priority. It's his birthday weekend. Uh, it's his birthday weekend. So give us a second here. I'm going to pull up a good question. Uh, so I guess. Case, Gotta go pitch wiffle ball when I'm done here. All right. Nuggets right. coming how, out of the how much time we got? Time. How much time do you think? 15, 20? Listen, we got a lot of questions, so I will answer them all. But when we're done, there's still light out here. I love this. Sports got nonsense. Great question, man. You come on anytime you like. Um, Nuggets coming out of the West, Joker time or what? I am not a believer in Joker. I'm not. I think he had a great season. I think when it all comes down to it, he will be one of the weakest MVPs that have ever come out of the NBA to win the MVP. From a statistical standpoint, just from a you know repetitive standpoint, um, you know when you look back, 10, 20 years from now, and you say this guy was playing at the time LeBron was playing, Luka was playing, Giannis was playing, Kawhi was playing, Steph Curry was playing, all these guys were playing, and somehow Joker won the MVP. I think we'll look back at that and say, really? Like, really? One MVP, one How about, season, how about I give you a, a comp? Dirk Nowitzki. Rose? Dirk? Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, Dirk's great, though. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. You think Joker's going to finish in the top 10 scorers all time in the NBA? That's what Dirk is. Jokic is very young. He's 26, 27 years old. Okay. He, I'm not a buyer in somebody who does it one time. All right, he does it next year, I'll, I'll believe in him. And I don't think the Nuggets are coming out of the West. I think we just saw the best team in the West win in Game 7. Um, I would not bet against Kawhi in the West until one of those other teams does something. And I'm not a buyer. So Joker's great. I'm not a buyer in MP Jesus. No way. That's not my guy. You know, that's not my name. That's not my name. MP Jesus. Not mine. I don't believe in Devin Booker. Because I don't believe Chris Paul can stay healthy. I don't believe in the Jazz. Because at some point in time, Rudy Gobert is going to do something stupid, like a microphone, whatever it is, is going to happen. And I don't buy him either. Um, so until Kawhi gets knocked out, I'm going to ride Kawhi on this stuff. So let me guys give you a combo to get Cage in this mood. So rip boxes and get nothing to come out the pack. Yankees losing. And you mix that with a blend of junk food, and you've got this disaster that we're seeing in Dude, front of disaster. us. Disaster. I'm being honest. This is honesty. People want to hear, oh, I bought Joker cards, so invest in Joker. People want to hear MPJ is great. Nobody wants to hear Kawhi because nobody buys Kawhi cards because they think he's an ass. Joker's really good. Yeah, I'm sure he's great for one season. Derrick Rose was great for one season, too. Everybody happy they held on to his card? Blake Griffin was great for a season or two also. Everybody happy they held on to his card? Do it over again. I'll buy Joker next year. Win something. Do something for more than one year. And I'll buy into you. Point into Devontae when he had a half a good game. Dude, I bought Devontae because he was three dollars. Can't buy Joker for three dollars. That's a difference. That's very different. I, I didn't do you remember him. I gave Joker last year? Do you guys play? Do you yes, remember that? I do. I do. It's such a silly card. He's like, this is whole I'm not a joker buyer. You, you no can't way. get your you can't get your hand that high? Nah, man. This is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. You know, I need to get right, some Top bang shot bang. question. Top shot question. Don't kill us. Don't kill us. Top shot question. <laughs> top shot. Uh Coughstar asks, uh, why does NBA Top Shot continue to reward whales? 2500 collector score for premium drop. 
it's funny that it, that's a high number. I barely make that number, and I, my 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 account's in like the top tenth of a percent. So, Dude, my account is top five percent, top point zero five percent, and I'm not I'm not in the score because it's not. And I have on, a Beal Series One. It's not based on value of your collection. It's based on the amount of moments you have, because each moment has a certain collector score. So even though like like I have a LeBron gold that's worth X, if if I wanted to, I could buy. 10,000 series two moments same price same value and my collector score would be huge so it's not really about like rewarding the whales per se although trust me yes it's it's a high score it's they want collectors they want people who have moments people who have um they're giving bonus points for people who, who completed challenges right um you know like cool cats master they're automatically in no matter what your score is so i wouldn't go as far as to say whales although clearly the whales are going to be in this but it's people who have been collecting long enough where they completed challenges they held on to their stuff they've bought across different platforms they've held stuff ser- series one moments and they're buying those things that are worth more points um but yeah listen capstar you can, it's like everything else right like i said with psa you're not going to be able to please everyone when they gave that master key to the cool cats people who have all lost thousands of dollars since January, completing each one of these challenges over and over again, they were all mad. Most people who completed are like, this is not a real bonus for us. This is not worth anything. I mean, come on. We get we get a, access to a queue, but not actually a guaranteed pack just for the next five or six during season two. And the other side of the equation is like, how could you do that for them? That's too much. Why are you rewarding those whales? So, so really, it's like anything else, right? No matter what, it's very hard to please everybody. It's a, I mean, I try to please Andrew, and that's just one person. I can never do it. So... You know, it's You're getting destroyed things. by mosquitoes right now, like literally in between, in the middle of this. Uh, Jared Trainer twenty three S, who do you have for Adesanya Vettori? Uh, yeah, it is Adesanya until until the, there's only one person who's going to beat Adesanya. It's Father Time, and Father Time has not caught up to him yet. The skill set's there. The guy is he's electric. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys that um, that I don't see losing until the sport catches up to him. Um, sort of like a John Jones type of talent. It, he really is. Like he's, you know, he he can beat you from 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 anywhere. Um, so I'm I'm out of you all day on that one. Good question though. I love to mix it up, mix up some sports. All right, all right, all right. Let me see. I, I also think we might no be getting... this. I also have Floyd Mayweather tonight. I know there's not supposed to be a winner declared, but you can't have a knockout, right? But there's no way Floyd Mayweather, who doesn't lose to anyone. Is gonna allow him to be lost. Oh, there you go. Cardfather thirteen prediction. So, so I'm pretty sure most sports books that are taking bets on this, if it goes the distance and there's no winner declared, it's a draw and you get your money back, right? Or it's a push or whatever, so you get your money back. So I would be betting. I mean, this is one of those things. I'm not a better, and I can't go down this road because forget about it. I'm one of those addictive personalities. But if I were a better and I had money in a town somewhere to bet, I would be betting on Floyd all day. Right. Um, because I just think it's like a free bet, really. Um, I think he, he could potentially knock out Logan Paul. Um, I don't think he's going to lose. I don't think he's going to have a loss on his record and it beats a Logan Paul. There is always the chance that they make it look good. He dances with him for a little while. You know what I mean? I, I think he really carried Connor. Probably get some hate on this one, too. But I think if Floyd wanted to put Connor away, he probably could have earlier. Um, you know, I think it's an exhibition and there's a lot of money in this. There's a lot of money in this for both of these guys. It's amazing how, you know, <laughs> this is what the sport has evolved to. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't expect Floyd to go out there and knock him out in 13 seconds. Cause that would kind of be the end of the whole like uh, influencer boxing thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is one where, because you can have knockouts, 
Like the, the, the only way I see this ending as not a push is a Floyd knockout, a Floyd win. I, I don't think Logan Paul knocks out Floyd Mayweather, although I guess stranger things have happened, I, right? I, I think, obviously, this is exhibition, et cetera, et cetera. But like just the general rule of thumb for all of these, there's a huge difference between professional and college. There's a huge difference in college and amateur. And there's a huge difference between undefeated and the best boxer or one of the best boxers of all time and a YouTube guy. As yeah. much as he trains. Because yeah. what people don't understand is – I'm not even going to go this route. It, the guy's boxed 40,000 hours in his life. Yeah. And Logan Paul, okay, he's trained really hard for three months. It's just the muscle memory. It's just you're always going to be one step behind. Uh, of course, this is exhibition. An HGH question. Uh, an HGA question. By the way, Freudian slip guy. This guy works out twice a day, and his head has grown like humongous. And so he's probably on that whole uh, human growth hormone. He looks a little like Manny Ramirez right now. Yeah, I'm sure. All natural. I would want to do HGH, by the way. So if there's any good doctors out there, hit me up. (laughs) But no, all natural, straight up. Uh, Why does HGA use letter and number combinations on their certs? I do love the fact they're literally. Right now, it's, it's when they ask when they spell things wrong, Cage. It, it confuses me. I apologize. Let, so let me the get search, the gist of this. The search have letters and numbers on it. Listen, everybody is out there trying to fake things. So the more you can do it, it's like your password, right? You know, the more you can, the more you can throw wrinkles into it, not, you know, and not let somebody steal your identity and, and fake a slab, uh, the better. So that's the gist. Get the, that's the gist of it. No. I don't understand what he was asking, so I couldn't. I couldn't paraphrase, and <laughs> well, I don't want to. Par- might as well end it on that. I mean, you know, why not? Might as well end it on that fun one. Listen, for everybody who was joining on the on the live, thank you guys very much. For everybody who submitted questions today, we really do appreciate it. You know, what makes this the best episode is is your questions. We get to interact with you guys. We get to answer your questions. Um, I really don't do any prep for this. I don't look on Instagram at all uh, to see what the questions are. I really want to give you kind of like a, hey, top of my head, this is what I think. Andrew thinks that's me mixing junk food and bad box opening. And But, I mean, look, some guys, I'm going to give you my opinion on it, right? It would be very easy to go middle of the road, you know, like that Joker question. I mean, he may be very, very good, but I'm not gonna. I don't own a single Joker card, and I'm not gonna be owning any Joker cards probably ever. So, last question: Can we get to it? Yeah, shoot. Yeah, shoot. I sent this as a private message, but there may be others out there who have seen this. You guys mentioned the possibility of a digital grader online, and I use Cardboss.com. I was curious about your thoughts on it. I have submitted some SGC nines and nine fives that I took pictures of and submitted. They came back to me as nines on the website. I also submitted a PSA 8, and it came back as 7. Interesting pre-submission technique if you think it's worth it, like the virtual graders. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It, listen, it all depends on the pricing of it, right? I mentioned that as like a cool, like, you know, um, business to get into, you know, a cool app to create and that kind of stuff. It sounds like there are some of them out there already. The difficult part with it, like with anything, is – Right now, you know, your camera on your phone and whatnot, it can only do kind of a cursory review. Um, you know, no one's going to be able to really look at, like, the surface to see if there are surface scratches and, you know, what the story is. Centering, sure. You know, uh, corners, probably. But I-, I think what we're seeing from PSA now is that they're really going much further than that. And these companies that have the money, um, not startups who are, you know, creating apps, they're the ones that have these high tech scanners and, you know, these, these ones where they're really spending the money and putting that, the tech involvement, Jenna Mint with PSA and, you know, the, the, 
they're really doing what they can to kind of, you know, make sure that they're really doing a good job of, of, of evaluating these cards. And I think a lot of these like app type stuff, the cursory review, they'll probably miss some of it. I'll say real quick. I love when this happens, Cage. It's like a come up with Cage moment. So nice, one of our it. fans in the audience, T-Bone385, wanted to give a shout out. He says, guys, you got to take a look at this. So it's Ziggy's No Sports Cards Daily. Ziggy Knows Sports Card Daily. He says a great show, great YouTube channel. So go check that out. Uh, I think Listen, Ziggy, that searches- Ziggy, if you're out there, send me a message. And we'll bring you on the show. We'll have to come up. If he's as good as our nation says, if if guys in Luka Nation like it, we'll support it. Just It's a 15-minute episode. Five minutes of it is Cage's intro. So just be prepared. <laughs> I think an app that is able to spot manu- like uh, defects, you know, those like little dimples. I don't know if you've seen. PSA has been cracking down on those. Like the mm-hmm. like the not a scratch, but like the little, like the little dimple bubble. that comes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, those are the ones that have been getting crushed recently, and those are the ones that previously I think PSA didn't care as much about. Yeah, I'm with you. That's another like episode. Lines go across and the whole deal, but yeah, we can you know we could we could definitely talk about that. But yeah, guys, listen, my favorite episode of the week. We love you guys chiming in. We love you guys getting involved in this stuff. Keep the questions coming. If we didn't get to your question. Um, send us a message and we'll try Cage. to answer it on the yeah, please go ahead. And only the way you can. Let's keep it 30, you know, maybe 90 seconds max. Uh-huh. Give us your summary on what happened with this Babe Ruth card. Put a bow on it, T- put it in a knot, tie it up, dovetail it, all of your favorite. Summarize it for our audience. It could be simple, it could be five seconds, Cage. Mm, it can never be five seconds. You know me better than that. My dovetail, what happened with the Babe Ruth? What happened with the Babe Ruth is not done yet, right? Because what, why I like, why I'm buying into the fractional share model with rally, collectible, you name it, is that there is governance. There is um, regulatory on this, right? The SEC is involved. Yes, Sanchez. What It looks like if he's not, come on, hit a double. Let's go. We had bases loaded. Sanchez. See, nothing could take five seconds. Um, all right, 2-1. Let's go. I hate these Red Sox. Um, but so, so, so anyway, Eventually, before this offering comes out, so there was a big notification before this offering comes out, it's got to pass muster with the SEC, right? And they're going to have to qualify it as an offering, right? They're going to have to give it a blessing, right? And if they do, and it's regulated and everything's kosher, all good. You know what I mean? Like that that's the key, right? So so what I don't want missed, you know, forest for the trees kind of stuff here is is – that's a cool thing that fractional adds, right? And, you know, I think that is something in the hobby that's going to move the hobby continued forward, right? It's going to bring some of these items that otherwise would never be available or never show off or never change hands out of closets, out of the mothballs, you know? And it also provides a way for owners of these cards to, to create liquidity in their cards, to, you know, to sell and, and, and hold portions of the cards, you name it. I think... It also allows to, to unlock some of the value of some of these cards, right? You know, like there's a PSA 10 Mickey Mantle. There's three of them, right? Like th- the three guys who own those probably never sell them. But maybe fractional is a way to convince one of them to sell a piece of it. And then you have price discovery on that card, which you never otherwise would. And that impacts the market. So I think fractional is a great thing, you know, going forward. It will allow, you know, th- things to happen in the hobby that otherwise wouldn't have um 
I think the important thing is for those guys to kind of remain above reproach. We're happy Ezra came on and, and Collectible came on and, 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 you know, and did, you know, a further bit of explanation. I'm happy that the SEC is in there to kind of regulate the whole thing. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's my, 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 my summary on it. You know, what happened? I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I mean, right now that card has not been offered. And, you know, if it does get offered, that means that everything was done, um, you know, above board and with the blessing of, uh, of the Securities and Exchange Commission. If not, you know, it says it wasn't. So we, we, we will see, you know, right? I mean, the, the final chapter in the saga still has to be written, I guess. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um... Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.